Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Matthew Burner with Burner Farm and Ranch in Pilot Point, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state of the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, choosing the right wheat variety can make the difference between a good crop and a crop failure thanks to Hessian fly populations in Central Texas. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Trying to buy replacement cattle in a time when prices are high is a challenge for ranchers who have herd rebuilding in mind. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. The peak of tropical season is nearing. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more on Texas Ag Today on what Texans should know to be prepared for any storms coming out of the Gulf of Mexico. Have you visited with your congressman during the August recess? Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I got to talk to mine about the Farm Bill recently. I have the story in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. September is here, and that means wheat will start going in the ground soon. And if you're in central Texas, variety selection can mean the difference between having a good crop and losing a crop to Hessian fly. John Fenderson is the Texas agronomist for Westbred Wheat. And I would certainly recommend that you don't plant varieties in the blacklands of Texas unless you know that those varieties do have Hessian fly tolerance. Maybe not as critical through the Rolling Plains area, but uh, it's probably not a bad idea to to know uh, what kind of tolerance the variety you're planting has before you get into it. And if you know you don't have really good tolerance, uh, a later planting day will certainly help to get you by some of that uh, some of that tougher time. So we're really working hard to find new genetics with good Hessian fly tolerance in our lineup. Uh, we put a concerted effort into that the next. Uh, or the last few years, and we fully expect to get uh, several new Hessian fly varieties into the marketplace that fit Texas in the near future. Fenderson says planting insecticide-treated seed can also give some protection for both Hessian fly and aphids. 
The Texas A&M Forest Service is now accepting applications for funding to help landowners offset the cost of a prescribed burn conducted by a certified and insured burn manager. The Forest Service says prescribed burns can help reduce wildfire danger, improving wildlife habitat, and fostering a healthier forest ecosystem. Prescribed burns remove brush, weeds, dried vegetation, and fallen trees while promoting seed and plant regeneration. Landowners can apply for a grant on the Texas A&M Forest Service website. The deadline to apply is September 30th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Deep southeast Texas is currently one of the driest spots in the entire state. Cattle producers like Chuck Kiker near Beaumont are dealing with a level of drought that most haven't seen before in what is usually the wettest spot in Texas. He says drinking water is the biggest challenge they're dealing with. Our cows are mostly in good shape because down here, when it gets dry, our grass gets stronger because it doesn't have as much water in it. And the cows are holding up pretty good. It's drinking water that's the real issue and shade. As long as your cows have drinking water and shade, you're in pretty good shape right now. The second big issue is going to be this winter. Nobody's making hay, and we usually have quite a bit of hay. Kiker says they did have one good cutting of hay this spring, but that's not going to be enough to make it through a tough winter. Trying to buy high-priced replacement cattle is a challenge when rebuilding a herd. James Hunt has more from Amarillo. Cattle prices are relatively high right now. Good news if you're a seller, not so good if you're a buyer. With herd rebuilding on the minds of many area ranchers, Texas A&M AgriLife beef cattle specialist Jason Smith warns producers there are consequences if you pay too much for replacements. What I want to discourage producers from doing is finding themselves in a situation, whether that's three, five, eight, 10 years down the road where they're still trying to figure out how to pay off cows that they paid too much for, but they've since had to liquidate or are no longer productive in the herd. I think that's a really large challenge that some producers have faced over the past two droughts, probably many before that as well. But something that I think needs to be at the forefront of their mind is what's the actual productive value of this female and the likelihood that she can be profitable over time on the operation. Once again, that was AgriLife beef cattle specialist Jason Smith. Texas A&M AgriLife does offer a bunch of online decision aids to help producers with economic strategies. You can find those resources by searching online with the words Texas A&M AgriLife beef cattle decision aids. Now here's a note about a big educational event on Friday of this week. There will be a Summer Crops Field Day at the Conservation and Production Research Laboratory near Bushland. The Field Day is being hosted by AgriLife, USDA, and West Texas A&M. Friday's event will include crop tours as well as presentations on a wide range of topics. To find out more, contact AgriLife or search online with the words Summer Crops Field Day Bushland. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The peak of tropical season is near. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a National Weather Service meteorologist for an update. For today's report, we go to National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw in Fort Worth. And uh, uh, Tom, here we are. September is here and uh, the tropical season is heating up. 
for sure, it definitely is starting to uh, get more active across the Atlantic Basin. We've already had a number of systems through the first two or three months of the season. We're just now getting close to the uh, climatological peak, which is September the 10th. We've had one system already come into uh, extreme southern Texas in the form of Tropical Storm Herald. Certainly not beyond the realm of possibility that we could have additional systems affect the Lone Star State over the next couple of months. Sure. And of course, uh, recently, uh, Hurricane Adelia swept across Florida. And at this point, what should uh, Texas residents, uh, farmers and ranchers included, be looking for as far as being on guard for the rest of September and uh, into the rest of the uh, hurricane or tropical storm season? Well, you mentioned the Dahlia, and it was definitely a very strong storm, at least a Cat 3, possibly a Cat 4, as it had made its way into the uh, Florida Big Bend region. And that storm was kind of a wake-up call for all of us. It was indicative of the uh, very warm temperatures that we have at the sea surface across the eastern part of the Gulf, and for that matter, all of the Gulf of Mexico. So to answer your question, certainly Texans need to be prepared. The kind of systems that we've already had across the basin could continue to affect us through the rest of the season. So Texans need to be on guard for additional systems that could produce locally heavy rainfall, storm surge, obviously very strong winds, as well as inland flooding. So just having a plan, you know, knowing where to go if you're called to evacuate, having an evacuation plan as well as a, a go kit. That is National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The just-concluded August recess was a great time to reach out to senators and members of Congress about the condition of Texas agriculture. Barry Mahler did just that. Well, during the recent August congressional recess, I hope everyone had a chance to visit with your congressman while they were home. I had the opportunity to sit down and talk about the Farm Bill with Congressman Ronnie Jackson of the 13th District recently. Congressman Jackson is a retired Rear Admiral of the Navy and a physician. In fact, he was the doctor of President Obama and President Trump when they were in office. And he told me that when he was elected to Congress in the 13th District, he realized very quickly that he had a lot of expertise, but he needed to learn more about energy and agriculture as they were the two driving forces in the economy of our area. He's made it a point to have a strong agricultural staff and requested a seat on the House Ag Committee, of which he is now a member. He spent a lot of time with key ag organizations and producers in the district. He explained that the farm bill has to be rewritten every five years. Their new one is due this fall, and even though they're a little behind in the process, that work is going on to meet that deadline and continued even during the August break. Now, the bill is divided into several titles ranging from conservation, trade, rural development, all the way to nutrition. In fact, the nutrition portion of the bill takes 76% of the funding and has always been on the radar of producers who say it makes the bill look much more expensive than it should be when only a small portion of it goes to support production agriculture. He explains that without the nutrition title in the bill that consists of the SNAP and food food stamp programs, it would be impossible to pass the bill as there are just too few members of Congress from production ag areas of the country anymore. He did bring up an interesting point about the current bill. He said the rate of fraud in the nutrition titles of the bill are estimated to be as high as 12 to 14 percent, while in the farm support side, only around 2 percent. Now, because of the size of the nutrition portion, bringing that level of fraud down to, say, 1 or 2 percent would go a long way toward funding the ag portion of the bill without harming the effectiveness of the program, and it would save tax dollars. He said efforts are being made to do that in the new bill. 
What a great concept. I kind of think that ought to be applied to all areas of government. Reporting from North Central Texas, I'm Barry Muller for Texas Ag Today. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is now offering anglers the chance to win the opportunity to harvest the fish of a lifetime. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And beef producers need their veterinarian more than ever during a drought. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Cattle producers need their veterinarian more during a drought. Dr. Bob Judd tells why. Veterinarians always provide a valuable service to animals, but the value to livestock producers increases during a drought. Although there are lots of good online sources for information, there is no substitute for a close relationship with your bovine veterinarian. Your local vet is familiar with your herd and also familiar with the specifics of your area as different areas of Texas may require different management strategies. Veterinarians can assist livestock producers in making culling decisions that may be required if feed is lacking. Also, your vet can help with water quality issues and suggest alternative feeds. Water and forage intoxications can occur in times of a drought and your veterinarian can help prevent these issues and diagnose the problems if they recur. Blue-green algae blooms in farm ponds are very common this time of year with stagnant water, and these algae blooms are toxic to animals. Cattle may also ingest toxic weeds in a drought, as they may be the only plants that survive. If animals do die, a post-mortem exam or necropsy is critical to determine the reason, so call your vet when unexplained deaths occur. Although there is added expense for the necropsy, finding the cause of the death may prevent future deaths. I have been involved with herds that have experienced a large number of deaths before the vet was called to make a diagnosis, and this caused more deaths that could have likely been prevented. There are also some feed additives that may help cattle get through a drought in better physical condition. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas anglers could have the opportunity to land the fish of a lifetime. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. Texas anglers can now enter a drawing to win the opportunity to harvest an alligator gar over 48 inches from a section of the Trinity River. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department opened its annual alligator gar harvest authorization drawing on Friday. Tim Birdsong, TPWD's acting director for Inland Fisheries, says fishing for alligator gar on the Trinity River is world-renowned and truly a bucket list item for any angler. 
He says this drawing system offers 150 anglers the opportunity to harvest the fish of a lifetime while also fulfilling the department's resource management goal of conserving the unique resource for current and future generations of anglers. To enter the drawing, anglers must have a valid license year or year from purchase fishing license. You can enter the drawing as an individual angler or as a small group on the My Texas Hunt Harvest app or website. The deadline to enter the drawing is September 30th. The winners will be notified October 15th and will be able to harvest a gar between the date the authorization is issued through August 31st of 2024. Anglers can use any legal means or methods to take qualifying alligator gar day or night from a section of the Trinity River from the I-30 bridge in Dallas downstream to the I-10 bridge in Chambers County, including Lake Livingston and the East Fork of the Trinity River upstream to the dam at Lake Ray Hubbard. That includes the following counties, Anderson, Chambers, Dallas, Ellis, Freestone, Henderson, Houston, Kaufman, Leon, Liberty, Madison, Navarro, Polk, San Jacinto, Trinity, and Walker. Be sure to check this year's Outdoor Annual for full regulations. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Tuesday was the first trading day of the week following the holiday, and we saw a mostly lower cattle and cotton market, while corn and wheat finished higher. We'll look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle traded both sides of unchanged to kick off the trading week on Tuesday. That's how we closed it out with October live cattle down 20 cents, 179.95. The December down two at 184.15, while February live cattle were up 15 cents, 188.47. Feeder cattle stayed in negative territory most of the day. September feeders down 47 at 251.37. October down 35, 254.30, while November feeders were down 17 at 256.20. Cash fed cattle all quiet so far this week. No sales to report, no bids or asking prices. Last week, we sold cattle here in the Southern Plains, 178 to 179. That's steady with the previous week. In the Northern Plains, they sold cattle on a live basis, 182 to 186. That's steady to two bucks lower. Dress sales 290 to 292, steady to two dollars lower. Boxed beef was higher on Tuesday. Choice up 342 at 317.91. Select up a dollar 92 at 292.21. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. 
Madison Bexley had a sale in Lockhart Thursday. Madison, how did it go? We ended up having a good day. We had 1422 with 276 cows and 22 bulls, 211 sellers, and 91 buyers. Walk the pins with us. Sure. On the sucker cows, we got along uh, pretty good. Not much to pick from in the way of pairs this week. Veteran of the pairs brought from 14 to 1700. The mediocre, middle-aged, and longhorn pairs from 8 to 1375. The good bread cows from 12 to 1575. The mediocre middle aged and short bread cows from 850 to 1175. A longhorn in the planer end from 550 to 8 and a quarter. Uh, Packer cows would have been higher than a week ago and bulls about steady. The good high yielding cows from $1.05 to $1.20. Medium yielding cows from $90 to $1.04. The low yielding and lightweight cows from $55 to $88. The good high yielding bulls from $1.18 to $1.26. The low medium yielding and lightweight bulls from $92 to $1.17. And on the calves and yearlings, uh, the market was really good, uh, especially on the good quality heifers. They would have been mostly 5 to 10 higher and about steady on most of the steer calves. So. All in all, it was a really good day. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for this next Thursday sale. Yeah, you can always check us out on Facebook, or you can call the barn at 512-398-3476. My cell phone at 979-540-9793. Or you can ring Bubba at 512-461-6091. Madison, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Neighbor, it looks like that's it for this edition of Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I put it all together. You're listening to it right now on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean honks finished higher Tuesday. October honks up 12 cents, 83.17. The December up 47 at 75.07. Class 3 milk was slightly lower. Nearby September milk down 7 cents at 18.54 a hundredweight. October milk down 4 at 18.88 a hundred. Cotton market saw a triple-digit drop to start the trading week after that three-day-long holiday. Heavy selling in the market, pushing prices down. Traders may think that the market is a bit overbought after the gains we saw last week. We closed with October cotton down 161 points, 88 cents even. December cotton down 119 at 88.76. March down 109 at 88.69 cents. The corn market started the week higher. Traders feeling like the condition of the corn crop continues to decline. And, of course, we'll get confirmation on that on the weekly crop progress report that comes out a day late. We close with September corn up six and a quarter, 471. December corn up four and a half, 486 a bushel. March corn up four and a half at 501. Both hard and soft wheat finished higher. December Kansas City wheat up one and three quarters, 724 and a half. December Chicago wheat up three and three quarters at 599 and a quarter. In the energy markets, October natural gas down 17 cents at 258. October West Texas crude up $1.15, 86.70 a barrel. The financial markets lower Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down 195 points, 34,642. The NASDAQ down 10 at 14,020. The S&P down 18 at 4,496. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.